Cowboys ain't easy to love and they're harder to hold. They'd rather give you a song than diamonds or gold. Lone star belt buckles and old faded Levi's, and each night begins a new day. If you don't understand him, he don't die young. He'll probably just ride away. Lauren Mitchell, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Thanks for thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's been a while. So since we last caught up, you know, I, I know we're doing stuff white people like today, but uh, I need to, you know, you're an artist. Do you consider yourself an artist? Um, no, but I guess I won't be asking you these questions. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's weird. I think like when I say that, people are like, "But you like do comedy? Like you're an artist?" And like, I definitely like paint and write and like knit and whatever the fuck else but I'm not sure like that I don't know it's hard to identify as like I think I'm a person who does artistic things <laughs> you review hotel you review hotel art too right oh bro like I'm a profession at that <laughs> yeah so so would you call yourself a creative um not professionally no <laughs> okay I, I wish you I would just I'm say a... yes to one of these so I can move on and ask you the questions why are you framing it like this <laughs> <laughs> this is this is already the most confrontational podcast. <laughs> okay, yes, I'm a creative and I'm an artist. Next. Okay, question. perfect. So one of the creatives and artists that's been in the news since we last chatted is Virgil Abloh, who I know mm-hmm. you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get your thoughts first on Virgil Abloh, the creative director of Louis Vuitton, uh, donating $50 and asking people to match him. <laughs> Yo, it's so funny to me because like everyone I know who makes like, like let's say everyone I know makes somewhere in between the span of like twenty thousand to like just under a hundred thousand dollars a year. Every single one of those people have donated more than fifty dollars. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say that me, you, and everyone that we know, we all donated more than Virgil. Yeah individually and definitely a hundred and sixty thousand percent collectively <laughs> like this man said match my fifty dollars like i'm you know what no <laughs> I, it makes uh, me feel stressed i know i know your sister rebecca has a pair of off-white yeah nikes um so what are we going to do about that do you think um she's willing to sell it to me now at a discount because we're <laughs> Um, I can run it by her. Uh, I'll see her this week. So I'll bring it to the table. Um, I'll see what she says. Her people, which is me, will call your people, which is also me. I'll work something out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's great. Um, what about thoughts on uh, his now uh, canceled artwork for the Pop Smoke album? Um, you know what? Like, very graphic design is my passion. Um disrespectful to a dead person um (laughs) just like the the levels uh are there i do like that he got like bullied into like they 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 canceled it you know what i mean bullying works as as we all know um uh, like online bullying i think like that's that's how we got to get these people like it's the only way (laughs) you know what we need we need to stick the um, K-pop, K-pop fans on Virgil. 
That's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. I think that would be uh, kind of the end game for Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Like, he seems so funny. It's like, he like people are like, he's so media savvy. And I'm like, is he? Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you just log off? You know what I mean? If you're really media savvy, you know when to log off. And like, that's What's so media savvy about donating $50, though. Um, like it's not, that's the thing I mean. It's like, people are like, he like knows so much about trends, whatever. That's like why people hire him. He's like big in the fashion industry for that. But it's like, how can you like know so much about that stuff? But like, not know when what you're doing is like the optics of what you're doing is like truly so bad. (laughs) So you're not going to be wearing any off white, off white belts, um, this summer. Alex, I can't afford these things. <laughs> I don't That's even so know. Funny, my sister like won a raffle to like pay a normal price for off whites. Like that's how she got them. Like I don't know how to do that, and I'm just I'm not gonna figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you can buy them bootleg because um, there's definitely oh. nothing at the off white store that is like fifty dollars. Um, I would extremely wear a bootleg version of it. Yeah, like I bet. Oh, fuck. I want to go to Chinatown, man. I miss going places and doing stuff, you know? Yeah, Chinatown's popping, man. I've been going for walks there. Um, yeah. And stuff. Business as usual, you know? Yeah, we did order some Rolson recently, and it was very nice. Wow. Did they uh, deliver it and then yell at you? <laughs> no. And also, they didn't bring one of those huge plastic tablecloths, which I was kind of like... You don't just bring one of those. Like you have a lot of them. You could just like put one in the bag, and then we could do the thing. You know. Wow, you wanted them to bring your whole table? Oh. No, like just the plastic tablecloth, so we could put it on the table. And then when we were done, just pick everything up and be like, "Peace." This is why right. the service industry is dying. Um, so, next important question: um, Have you broken quarantine at all to get uh, Popeye shrimp? I have not actually. Popeyes is one thing I have not had at all. Like, um, you know, Vidal and I are really trying to support local when we order takeout. Um, so we haven't had Popeyes. When we order fried chicken, we did order from Flock, which is good. I can suggest their fried chicken bucket. Um, did you know um, the chicken sandwich is uh, like available in Winnipeg now? I did hear that. Um, interesting interesting winnipeg it's like they gotta go all the way up there how are they getting a sandwich up there you know i mean i know but it's like seems like a lot of work yeah someone on twitter said if i made the 30 hour drive to winnipeg they would meet up with me and buy me a beer um i weighed the pros and cons and and, uh realized it probably wasn't worth it uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe if they sponsored my gas money um and you'd have to like podcast along the way like You'd essentially have to podcast the entire 30-hour journey to Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just one episode. I realize the file size is too big. <laughs> it's very it's very David Lynch of you. Um, yeah, I, I, was think, I was thinking of David Sedaris. Um, so the last question before we get into it. Um, so, you know, like me and you were well-known in Toronto for uh, frequenting all the nightclubs. Yeah. Especially on... Especially on King West, you know, I was, I was browsing Blog TO today to, to see if I, I could see you in the background of any photos in the, of the patios. Yeah. Um, so what's the first song you want to hear in, in the club 
when we go out to a club again in two years? Um, the boys are back in town. <laughs> is that a real song? Who's that by? The boys are back in town. This is not St. Patrick's Day. It's a slapper, man. Um, uh, or like uh, whatever your whatever your favorite French Montana song is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I have it in my notes. I have it in my notes. French Montana, unforgettable. That's my pick. <laughs> Just like uh, Coke Boys mixtape, the whole thing. Um, actually, yeah. do you know what? I would like to hear. Um, uh, I would like to hear Club Go Up on a Tuesday. Tuesday, that's what the song is called. I miss McConan. I miss old Drake. You know, I miss when Drake so, wasn't like the most oversaturated person on the planet. <laughs> yeah, when he when he wasn't living in a mall. Yeah, what is up with that? <laughs> well, you know what? No, Aubrey's not. Ne- he's never had taste. You know what I mean? And that's that's fine. He was always like the suburbs is like that kind of like thing is fancy. That's what he like grew up thinking. And I feel like he never grew out of it, you know? Yeah, people make fun of his crib. But if I had that money, uh, my place would look exactly like his. No, mine would not. But um, I would have. <laughs> well, all right, never, never mind. I, I guess one of us has taste. I would much like Drake spend half a million dollars on something called the experience or the infinity shower. He like, I feel like when Rawi and I were making trust issues, we talked about this. Like he had had like it was like in some news that he had gotten this like half a million dollar shower installed in one of his houses, and it was like we found like the commercial for it, like the infinity shower. And it's like insane. But I was like, that is a hundred percent thing. If I was super rich, that's like the, the one dumb thing I would spend my money on is I'd be like, give me like a fucking sick shower where you're getting just suited from all angles. You know what I mean? There's like places to sit down. Yo, <laughs> sitting down in the shower is like the height of luxury. But it's not if you just like sit on the fucking floor of the bathtub or whatever. That is like the height of sadness. <laughs> yeah, it actually sounds really sad that I'm picturing it, but it does sound like you're getting your exercise into. I would want every room to look like I'm walking into an episode of sneaker shopping. Oh my god. Joel Puma's been cancelled, so let's not talk about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he supports capitalism? Uh, no, like, all of Complex is, like, getting hella dragged, and apparently Joel Puma is like, a huge fucking arsehole. And this oh, yeah. I've, I've seen that online. Alright, yeah. let's get to the main event. <laughs> so, uh, stuff why people like uh, a 2008 blog. Uh, do you remember this blog, Lauren? Yeah, I do. And they got a book deal got a book deal um the, the writer the creators actually grew up in toronto um oh, graduated yeah, from mcgill this that yeah. it's truly some corny fucking canadian shit to start a blog called stuff white people like like we should have known should have known that was anyways continue <laughs> if we had met in 2008 this would this would have been our idea hell yeah 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 because yeah. we're corny and... people who live in canada <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, you're you're drawing all the wrong conclusions today. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, this episode will get better from from here on out. Oh, wow. um, so, you pick some items from mm-hmm. this list that I would like you to explain to me. I think you are very passionate about all of these. Okay. So, let's start with breakfast places. So, I want to read an excerpt from the blog. 
Uh, to a white person, there's no better way to spend a Saturday afternoon than to get up late around 9.30 and pile into your Audi or Volvo and drive to one of these little places and eat breakfast with friends. Oftentimes, these breakfasts last for an hour or more, hence the long lines and wait times. Uh, is this accurate? And, and what's your passion with breakfast places? Well, I don't know. I think like, I mean, I don't have a car, so I'm not driving anywhere. I don't relate to that part of, of the, the, pair, the para that you just read. Um, but I do think that like, I mean, breakfast is just like an all-time great food. And I feel like during the week, it's like you don't always get to sit down and eat like fucking eggs or whatever. I just remember growing up, it was like if we got to sit down and have like pancakes or bacon and eggs or something like that, like that meant that we were like, that was, we were rolling in the good shit. But, like, I feel like as an adult, it's also like, oh, my God, I can go out and have someone else make breakfast for me. And I'm not even, like, I don't even necessarily have to go have breakfast with other people. I like to go, like, bring a book and eat breakfast by myself. But, of course, I love, a like, a, a group brunch situation. Um, I think it's just, like, you can have some drinks. You know, it's Saturday. You can have a fucking drink at, like, 11 a.m. or whatever. Love that. Um, it's just, like you know time to hang out family friends have a little meal it's a little bougie white people love stuff that's like just a little bougie you know yeah do you um do you think that breakfast should be consumed at a certain time like is there a cutoff for when you can eat breakfast food hell no and also i don't think that like i think if you have a piece of lasagna at 10 a.m that's breakfast so don't constrain yourself to the like capitalistic and western notions of what breakfast is you know what i'm saying like technically dim sum is breakfast but you can eat it any time of the day you know all right so, there's no need to appeal to my asian audience but go on. <laughs> that was like literally until i was a grown-ass adult that like took myself out for breakfast the only time i'd ever been out for breakfast with my family was to get dim sum and we are like the whitest of white people so explain that you know riddle me this um, but yeah, I just think that like eggs in the eat eggs anytime. I'm a big egg person. Um, love eggs. And I just think like you shouldn't limit yourself. You know what I mean? Pizza's breakfast. Pizza's also dinner. Pancakes are dinner. Pancakes are also breakfast. It's whatever you want. Time is fake. So you're, you're saying like anything goes like you can eat breakfast for lunch. You can eat like dinner for breakfast, like how, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But when I go out for breakfast, I do want to eat like something with eggs in it or like something breakfasty, you know, like something traditionally breakfasty. Yeah. Are you big on the brunch culture? No, but like I do like brunch. I kind of think it's like it's a little sad how <laughs> brunch has been <laughs> ruined. Because <laughs> um, like, man, what is better than the idea of like having a bit of a like late late early in the day meal I don't know that's kind of like the time when I want to eat anyway like between 10 and noon and like then you know I don't know and then whatever you figure it out for the rest of the day but like I think it's a great time to start eating I don't know <laughs> what's what's the difference between breakfast and brunch anyways to me it's always been the same it's your yeah. first meal of the day yeah 100 percent. it's like People, brunch is technically, like, I guess later, like, breakfast would be, like, you couldn't have brunch at 7 a.m., but who the fuck is to say you can't have brunch at 7 a.m.? You know what I mean? I'm not going to stop you from doing that. So, brunch is just a Natalie Portmanteau, right? Breakfast, lunch, together at last. No, I think it's time to end brunch culture. What do you think? 
Um, yeah, because like, I don't like waiting in lines to go eat <laughs> on a Saturday morning. So yes, for the benefit specifically of me and me alone, I would like to end brunch culture. <laughs> Have you ever lined up for anything? Oh, Alex, as you know, it is like one of my the personal foundations of my personal religion that I don't line up for stuff because like, you could just wait, you know what I mean? Even in class when like, teachers or professors or whatever would be like okay come up to the front to get this thing i just wait until everyone else had gotten up and got it and then i'd like go get up and get the thing like why would you, why would everyone run to the thing at once do you know what i mean it does it makes no sense to me so even at airports you're not the first person that's in line to try to get on the plane oh board. my god do you alex do you know what fucking makes me lose my goddamn mind uh at an airport <laughs> is <laughs> when they're doing the zone boarding and they're like, okay, it's zone one, it's zone two, it's zone three. And then people just like are like, I don't give a shit. I'm in zone four and I'm lining up and they call zone two. I was once getting on a flight leaving San Francisco for work. And the Air Canada desk ladies were, so, they kept having to make these announcements that were like, if you are not in zone three, please stop lining up for zone three. <laughs> Like every, like every five minutes they were making these announcements and I was just like, I'm like zone five. I'm just like chilling. I'm like, I'm going to sit until the last possible moment. Why do you want to be the first person on a plane? Why do you want to sit on a fucking plane for an hour while everyone else boards? I just, it makes li a, not a lick of sense to me, Alex. Yeah. Well, you, your seat is going to be there. First of all, um, <laughs> they are not going to give it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like your seat's yeah. not going to go missing. But <laughs> if you're late, yeah, they will fucking call you in the airport and be like, yo, <laughs> you want to get on this fucking flight or what? <laughs> Nothing like having your full government name called at an airport. <laughs> it's a legendary I oh experience. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, though, even though I've said all that, um, sometimes I do like to just challenge myself and go line up, even when I'm in like zone six. Um, and, and when you get to the front and you're like, oh, oops, I thought you said six, not two. Um, what are they going to do? They're going to let you in anyway. So sorry, I'm one of those scumbags. Oh, my God. It's fine. Um, yeah. Any, anyways, um, next on your list, Bob Marley. Um, tell me about Bob Marley, Lauren. Oh, man. Well, I can tell you firsthand that, like, as a white person, I love Bob Marley and I've loved Bob Marley for a long time. All the white people who I grew up with, like, loved. That was, like, people were, like, did not know a single other reggae artist, but they were, like, Bob Marley, baby. Um, I think it's just, like, people really love, white people absolutely love, like, a one love, everybody's equal, that kind of, like, vibe, even though that is a deep misunderstanding of, like, Bob Marley's music in a big way, um, thinking that, like, that's what he meant. Um, <laughs> like, anyways, <laughs> for them, you know, or for us. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. It's just like white people just love that kind of shit. And that's like, he's like a, like a black person that white people are like, yeah, this guy, he's cool. You know what I mean? Like we are very embarrassing people. And like, that's just like poor Bob Marley. Do you know what I mean? He's really... His legacy has been taken by, like, uh, and, like, uh, white people have, uh, 
been annoying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the Bob Marley poster in the like white kids dorm room and like all that stuff. The blog says that most white people experience this stage anywhere between sixth grade and their last year of college. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah, usually. But like also to be fair, like Bob Marley made some slapping at like some great music. Like, like I still listen to Bob Marley. I just listen to like more reggae than just Bob Marley. It's like he made some great music. But yeah, it's usually like that was definitely like when I was in high school and I hung out with like a bunch of like punks and hippies and like people who smoke weed and shit. It was like I knew a lot of white people with dreadlocks. That's what I'm saying. Damn. So next on your list, next on your list, uh, like you mentioned, is marijuana. Um, So I've I've known you for a while now. I didn't know you were into marijuana. All those times we didn't smoke weed together. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, white people love weed. It's because um, we historically don't get arrested for using it. That's why. Yeah, it's yeah. weed privilege. Yeah. Oh, we have weed privilege for real. And I like I was never a paranoid stoner before it was legal. I'm like, it should be obvious why. I'm like a white lady, like an unassuming white lady with glasses. Like. People don't clock me as a stoner usually if they don't know me. And then, like, I just be like, people, like, if I walk down the street, like, smoking a joint, people will be like, oh, someone else is smoking that joint, you know? So I, like, I understand that I walked, I walked around with a lot of privilege, just like smoking weed my entire life and, like, talking about it online and, like, not ever being afraid that anything bad was going to happen to me, you know what I mean? But, like, fucking free all people who are incarcerated for marijuana charges of any kind. That is, like, the number one thing they should have done when they legalized weed. It is extremely specifically anti-black that they have kept all those people in prison. If you look statistically, like the amount of black brown indigenous people that are in jail for weed is like an insane number. So fuck that. Fuck cops. (laughs) Fuck the state, the nation state of Canada. Um, And fuck Bill Blair and all these other fucking white people who talked so much shit about weed for years and then as soon as it was legal were like I'm gonna run a fucking cannabis company those people get fucked first and first mostly when's the first time you ever smoked weed first time I smoked weed I was 14 years old I was at a community youth dance in Plattsville that was at the Plattsville Community Center and we left with some friends and we smoked out of someone's like little glass pipe and I was kind of like, uh, whatever, what is this? Like, I'm just a little hungry and giggly. Um, but I also do remember the first time that weed ever like worked and I was like, yo, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, and that was like a very like hits different kind of situation. <laughs> do Were you, you listening to Bob Marley at the time? No. Do you remember the first time you smoked weed? Yeah, it was in high school. Um, I think I was just hanging out with some friends, and uh, we were just at a parking lot, obviously. Yeah, classic place um, to smoke weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A parking lot of my schools because we were such a such risky teenagers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember just getting high and then sitting in the car and thinking that four hours had passed. <laughs> And that I was listening to the same song over and over again, but it was just one song. Like only four minutes had passed. 
<laughs> and I was just getting really paranoid. Like every time cars would come, I'd be like, hey, guys, I think we should go. <laughs> and like everyone's like, please calm down. It's only 9 p.m. right now. <laughs> I'm like, guys, it's, it's getting late. I think it's time to go. <laughs> I was like, why are we listening to this song again? They're like, the song's not even done yet. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely was really paranoid um because i don't know man back in the day too like you were talking about like being like a stoner or if you like smoked weed like there was a stigma to it too right mm-hmm. yeah Where there isn't now no definitely not and i mean like i do listen i do appreciate weed being legal even though it's like they obviously did it in a really shitty way um and didn't really do it properly and not ethically imo but like uh, it is nice to be able to just like smoke weed in public or smoke weed outside of a bar. Like it used to be like, you know, when you're at a bar and you're like, man, I just want to like go up front and have a, like a joint with everyone who's like smoking cigarettes. And there's always some bouncer being like, yo, you can't fucking smoke that year. And you're like, man, it's literally just weed. <laughs> so I appreciate like that. You don't get hassled for that stuff anymore. It's nice. Yeah. I was actually looking at my notes app in preparation for this and i have a note in there uh, a memo called types of highs so i guess i've been writing these types of highs every time um so just gonna read some of these to you uh number one uh quote i need jamaican food and only jamaican food right now hi yep yep um number two i could totally watch an eight hour movie right now hi nope Um, never yeah tomorrow is the start of (laughs) tomorrow is the start of a (laughs) Tomorrow is the start of a new year high. <laughs> I almost, yeah. oh man, I really, yeah, I really well. hope that next day was a was a new year. Um, uh, I want to listen to a baseball podcast about the winter meetings high. Um, this is these are very specific. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm gonna save the rest for another day because uh, <laughs> it, it gets it gets a little bit too weird. Um, so. My goal is to track those and, you know, hopefully when I hit like 300 of them, we can start a blog and get a book deal. Just like oh my God. stuff white people like. Okay, sick. I'll start. Yeah. I'll start taking notes of my own and we'll get it together. In the yeah, way you're, you're, you're like, you're like, I hope Rolson will bring me a table high. Just the tablecloth, Alex. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted them to deliver you the entire lazy Susan. <laughs> Actually, yes. Actually, yeah. Do you know what? I scratch that. You were right. Whole table. Lazy Susan included. I think you should put that in the notes next time you order. Yeah. In that section where you can like extra request. It's like, please leave at the door, uh, non-contact. Also bring me a table. Yeah. And if that table could have the condiments and um, some hot sauce and the tea, that would be great. Next on your list is camping. Um, I've talked about camping on this podcast, but uh, let me know. What's your favorite part of camping, Lauren? Oh man, fuck, I love camping. I love sleeping pretty much outside. I love sitting around a fire. I love cooking outside. I love eating outside. I love going to the beach. Um, I don't know. It's just great. What's an ideal length uh, of a camping trip for you? How many days? Uh, like a week, like seven days is nice, I think. Whoa, that's really long. That's like a reality well, show. I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking like uh like backwoods camping like um i'm talking like a little more casual like car camping like you, you bring your tent to the site then your car drive to the site you set your tent up there's like a fire pit 
and the picnic table there, but you're like kind of isolated, whatever. Um, like if you're talking like portaging and hiking and doing like backwoods stuff, it's like less time. That stuff is like frankly kind of stressful. Um, although like white people do love doing that shit and white people love, I can explain why white people love the shit is because we're not afraid enough. You know what I'm saying? It's not scary yeah. to exist in the world as a white person. So we're like, yo, what's up with the bears? Like, what if I went out and like, what if I went out and hung my food, my garbage from a tree in a, in almost a way to, to attract bears to me? What would happen then? This is, this is, <laughs> this is a great point because it's the grander idea of um, creating adversity. Mm-hmm. You have to create, you have to create adverse situations Mm -hmm. um, because you don't know how it feels. And and you hear other people talk about the adversity they deal with and you want to recreate those situations. Yeah. So you're saying for, for some people camping is that. Yeah. White people want to be oppressed a lot. It's like, yeah, we will find any way to be like, it's why like my people, white women are like, annoying about we're like well we're women and you're like oh okay <laughs> like <laughs> everybody relax. do you know what i mean um everybody relax uh so it's like for you know for a lot of people it's like yeah for white men like what else what else they got it's like why like grizzly man and all those people that fucking remember that movie about the guy who like um went to live with the bears and then his like uh like his girlfriend got eaten by, or he got eaten by the bear at the end of the movie. And he was like, the I, bear do, I do vaguely remember this. Yeah. Well, that movie was like called Grizzly Man or whatever. Um, Like that's like, that guy did not have enough fear in his life. And I would say it's like the first, like, it's like the first time I ever did. Remember when I did that like year of doing fantasy sports, like the NBA fantasy team. And it was like so yeah. stressful. And I was like, oh, this is like, men aren't uh, scared enough of stuff. They're not stressed out enough. Do you know what I mean? Men like men don't experience enough stress. That's why they're doing this. Because like why? That's that's <laughs> like, why they're doing. That's why they're. That, that's why we're in fantasy like, leagues. Yeah. Do you know what? Walk down the street at night and like think it's scary. Do you know what I mean? That's scary to me. That is already enough for me to deal with in one day in terms of like stress. So I'm like, you know what? I did. I lost the fuck season of NBA fantasy that I did, and I had to give twenty dollars to my old CFO, a man who made more than double my salary. So you know what? Fuck that. Um, <laughs> I don't know how we went from camping to fantasy sports, but um, you know, please continue think, to use your platform, Alex. I think there was a real logical jump there, although I'm not at this point sure what it was. <laughs> I, I just feel like there was some uh, repressed feelings about the twenty dollars that you lost to your CFO, bro. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I mean. There are a lot of repressed feelings about that. I don't even think they're that repressed, to be honest. But let's move on. <laughs> All right. Um, next on the list is coffee. Uh, tell me about coffee, Lauren. Okay. As a former, like, barista, like, lady who, like, I've literally been to, like, coffee competitions, like, barista coffee competitions. I've participated in latte art competitions. Like, that's, I'm coming at this with some knowledge. <laughs> You know what I mean? Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What are these competitions called? So um, there's like coffee competitions where you go and as a barista, you compete with other baristas to see who is the best barista. <laughs> and it's like, you okay. have, you have so to like, take me through this. Take me through this in detail, please. 
so the competition is like you have to pull a perfect shot of espresso and you can come in like bring your own machine bring your own beans like all of that um and then you have to make a perfect cappuccino um and then you make like a signature drink and this is not like a starbucks frappuccino it's like uh like a guatemalan single origin bean with uh like espresso drink or affogato with like a fig uh a dollop of fig ice cream and like a piece of mint or whatever you know what i mean it's like that kind of stuff um and then while you do it it's like this weird like performance man it's like so corny um like they're like doing it in their time and they're like they have to be like cleaning everything and like make it everything has to be like perfect and they're like watching to make sure you're like cleaning up after yourself and like how you use the machine and like the like espresso machine anyways it's very it's wild as hell I've been to many of these things because I was like uh like I started working at a cafe called Matter of Taste in Waterloo which is like very well known and like the coffee community there and then when I moved to Toronto the first place I worked was the rooster um and when I was there I like a bunch of our baristas like competed in that stuff it's like good for your cafe too then you can be like we have an award-winning braced at our cafe um so Damn. yeah there's this whole thing so like white people just like love that kind of shit it's like um like the dog breeding stuff do you know what I mean like the American Kennel Club stuff like I, I don't know why but or like uh like it just seems similar like very like competition rules like things have to be like this and like perfect and that's how you win and like i don't know it's like without ever thinking about um you know the the like way that we get coffee here do you know what i mean like how is coffee produced how is it shipped like what does that supply chain look like like what are the ethics of that like there's just a lot of like pomp and circumstance around something where there's like really like greater need to have conversations about you know like properly compensating people not exploiting people along the supply chain etc etc yeah so were you in one of these barista competitions or you you just went and watched well i would go to like watch because you get so much free coffee as well and like free treats and stuff and it was just like kind of dumb but you could also go and like show up and compete in the like latte art competitions, which they would have, which I was like got pretty good at when I was working as a barista. So I would go and like sign up and do the latte art competitions. Although I never won because some people can do like fucking three headed swans and shit. And I'm like, look at my cool like heart design thing. Yeah, I don't want a three headed swan uh, on my Starbucks coffee. Um, oh, so well, the Starbucks latte art competition. <laughs> Starbucks is bad. Is Starbucks canceled too? Um, well, Starbucks is just like if they're like really ma- they really mainstreamed like coffee culture in that way and kind of like like did it kind of wrong. Like a macchiato, like macchiato is Italian for marked with. So like a macchiato is actually a double shot of espresso with a very small amount of steamed milk in it. Um, but the Starbucks macchiato is like a fucking like sugary huge drink with like milk and sugar and all sorts of shit in it yeah i just want them to move away from the like tall grande and venti ordering yeah like like, why can't it yeah last time i ordered a venti because i just thought i was smart and venti was a small 
mm-hmm. and I, I got the largest cup and uh, <laughs> I was really disappointed. Um, the lady was like, this will be eight fifty nine, And I'll be like, I guess it's too late to ask for, uh, for a refund. Um, I'm too embarrassed right now to ask her to lower that to $3. Um, so do, are you a coffee snob? You think? No. Um, I love like McDonald's coffee. Um, 7-Eleven coffee is pretty good. Like I'm not a snob about it. I like good coffee. Like I we keep good coffee in the house, but I'm not opposed to like, I have like grocery store coffee. Like I just, uh, you know, again, I think it's like kind of, more important to think about the, like you know the supply chain and all that kind of stuff where you're getting your coffee from um but yeah i'm really not opposed to to diner coffee or mcdonald's coffee or whatever like i usually drink like drip coffee with milk in it i'm not like i'm not sitting here like making pour overs at home or whatever or, like doing any of that shit because it's like <sighs> you know who needs all that i'm just trying to get through the day <laughs> <laughs> I love I love your conclusions. Um, the key is to just let you talk for five minutes, and uh, we'll end up uh, we'll end up talking about uh, your fantasy league. <laughs> God, well, what a great guest I am! Um, public radio is what you pick next. So, what are we talking about here, Lauren? This is like NPR, NPR, CBC, like that kind of stuff. I mean, I grew up in like a big CBC household. We just listened to so much CBC growing up. Um, I like at several points in my life knew the exact like programming uh, lineup on CBC radio. Uh, Yeah. I think like, again, white people love it because it seems like something progressive to support, but like, as we know, the CBC and NPR are both not progressive. They're like centrist organizations that are like, especially the CBC is like, I don't know, taking our tax dollars and hiring Gian Gomeshi amongst other people. So it's like, it's always interesting, you know, like white people love a veneer of, of progression or something that seems kind of like it's, this is good. Yeah. It's like good to, to support this, but it's very like status quo type stuff. It sucks. Cause like, I think um, like publicly funded radio could be truly excellent. And I think there's times that it has been truly excellent. Uh, but yeah, I think white people just love it. Cause it's that like makes them feel good without having to like actually do anything, you know, or makes us feel good without having to do anything. Yeah, it's like progression, but you without having to feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. We love that shit. <laughs> I just laugh every day now because you know how there's so so much conversation now, um, especially like uh, about diversity in Canadian media mm-hmm. um, and all these conversations that are ongoing. I just crack up every day knowing how annoyed people are. <laughs> these conversations are still going because you know the people at these companies are seeing these tweets over and over again and they're like oh come on man when is this yeah. gonna be over just let me go back to doing my job meet a very mediocre version of my job and never getting fired for it because i'm some fucking white person <laughs> like that's what i want i want to retweet a couple times and then like let's call it like let's go you know <laughs> Did you see when media people were tagging uh, five of their friends on Twitter to uh, pledge to oppress racism? Uh, Yeah, I did see that. So that is, you know, I mean, in some ways it's better than doing nothing. uh, But also, is it? (laughs) Speaking of marijuana, I just thought of that last night at three in the morning and couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) 
It's like my yeah. job is done here now. I've tagged five of my it's, friends. Racism is over. That, that meme that's like, well, that's enough activism for today. <laughs> it's like doing the most bare minimum thing. I love it. I mean, I don't love Anyways. it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm honestly dying at just, I just know how annoyed these people are and how irritated they are that this conversation like has not stopped yet. <laughs> yeah. They're like, God damn. I, people usually run this out in like a week, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like we no, run. This is gonna last at least at least a year. Yeah, we run. Well, we got nothing else to do, you know. Honestly, I think that's a great thing, you know. Uh, well, there are no great things about being in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, but one of the things, honestly, is like, um, people aren't letting up this time. I feel like. Yeah. Like whatever conversations and push, like it's a. Uh, it feels different this time. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's like. I I saw someone um, tweeting about how it was like people have actually time to like go out and protest and like write their representatives and like do that kind of thing, which like normally capitalism prevents us from doing, you know what I mean? And like, there's a reason for that. So anyways, I think it's interesting. Like, yeah, I like, I like the sustained conversation. I'm definitely not mad about it. And I, I hope like, you know, I hope it keeps up. Yeah, let's let's keep it going and just keep annoying people. I yeah. love it. God, as um, you know, I live to annoy people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we're friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's actually the only thread holding us together. Um, uh, our collective so, desire to annoy each other. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, everyone just finds us annoying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, right. Like, why, are they, why are they in the club laughing? Um <laughs> So next on your list is arts degrees. So do you have an arts degree? Hell yeah, bro. Um, I have wow, a, uh, sounded a little bit too proud of that, but go on. Well, I have a joint honors arts degree uh, that is English literature and political science. So, you know, that was expensive. Wow. And it took four yeah. and a half years. So. Four and a half years. How come it took four and a half years? Why, why the extra half year? Well, because I wanted to get a double major instead of doing a minor. So So you were once a this person. God knows it never made a difference. Yeah, that was around the time that I was like applying to do my master's. And then I was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> uh, JK. So poli sci seems like a really popular like degree. Yeah, Is I mean, correct? yeah, I definitely got into it because I thought I was going to go into politics. Like I thought I was going to work in government or like, yeah, or do like, uh, like international governance kind of stuff, like UN need type stuff. Like that was like what I was interested in doing for a while. And then I was like, Oh, like what you realize is like, unfortunately, like the other people that want to do that are like really annoying. Um, <laughs> And so that really put a stop to that. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, thank you. Um, and it's like kind of when you start thinking about it, like there was all these courses you could take about like international development and like international governance. And it's like, you know, back then I was like also a leftist and like that kind of stuff and like the sort of like imperialistic notions of that kind of thing, like never really sat right with me in, in a big way. And so, um, yeah, I actually ended up focusing way more on the literature side of my degree. I kind of like really leaned in probably like if I redid it, I would have gotten a 
like an English degree with like a poli sci minor or maybe like a history minor or something. Um, just because like, I really liked politics. I had a couple really great profs and I learned a lot of stuff, but it was like, yeah, man, there was some really fucking annoying people. And like, there was some annoying people in my English program as well, but it was like, it was just like people who were really passionate about Jane Austen for some reason. And that I can just put up with more than I could deal with. Like, people with really just like pedantic imperialist politics, like thinking like, you know, talking about like the global South or whatever, like fuck that. What I wanted to do was like be in politics. Like I'd always had such an interest in politics and in, and in the political sphere and, and thinking about governments and governance and that kind of stuff. And then I just like, you know, doing it at that level, like really turned me off. And then I just realized like, I, I love to read, you know, like I, like, I think we're both pretty similar that way. Like, I just like, I love to read books. Like I like to read books and nonfiction and fiction and poetry and plays and all that kind of stuff. So in that sense, like I did really lean into, into my literature degree and it's like, I don't know. I just like, I preferred to think about, about books and literature. And then in English too, like you do get, I had a professor once said it was like the dog's breakfast of, of the humanities because like, in literature, you do learn about like to place yourself in the context of the times. Like you learn about historical circumstances surrounding like works of fiction and poetry and stuff. You learn about the history of the time, about the politics of the time, about the the sociology of the time. Like, and then you you frame things through different lenses, through a feminist lens, through a queer lens. Like, um, you know, through all these different like post colonial lenses, etc. Like. To me, that was like, I always loved that idea of like being able to to look at things in that way and to have this sort of myriad, almost like a, a kaleidoscope of ways that, of which you could view art and the world and, and history and all that kind of stuff. So, Wow. That was, uh, that was too deep for me. I was just here to just talk about white people. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Yeah. And I think white people love liberal, liberal arts degrees because it's like easy and we love easy shit. Yeah, you should have gone into sports management. Then maybe you wouldn't have lost $20 in your fantasy league. Um, Actually, my one colleague has his MBA in sports management, and apparently it was like quite a difficult field to get into, and that is why we currently work together. Damn. Uh, the last on your list is being the white only white person around. Uh, Lauren, tell me about being the only white person around. Oh, my God, we love it. Once again, it's like it's like a, there's something like um, – you're like a bit smug, right? You're like, I'm the only white person here. You're like, <laughs> they could have had any other white person. <laughs> and they chose me. So you, so you feel good. It's like, a, it's like a badge of honor for you. And you're like, you're like, uh, it's like, and then white people also love to do the like, um, I have a lot of friends um, who are black or Asian or indigenous or whatever. White people love doing that. Um, actually, yeah. I, you know, I'm friends with, uh, with some black people and they told me that I could, you know what I mean? That's like a, a favorito of white people. So it's like, then if you're like the only white person around, you're like, bro, like I did it. I became like, you're people. like, you're untouchable. Yeah, you're untouchable like, at that point. It's like the bachelor and you are the last person who got the rose. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. Uh, I feel like I learned uh, a lot about you. Um, uh, is there any other uh, stuff white people like things that you'd like to add to the list? Okay, I did uh, write some shit down. So first of all, I actually wanted to say that um, 
I was telling you before that I listened to Blake's episode because I wanted to like get an idea of what exactly this was going to be. <laughs> what, what you so, were getting into. What I was getting into. And so when Blake was talking about white people loving the streets, but he also wasn't sure if it was just like people from Cambridge or whatever, I was like, yo, I all, oh, cause I'm from like, Blake and I grew up like in the same area. It's like, like Kitchener, Cambridge, Waterloo. And I kind of grew up in the like country outside of there, but they call it like the tri cities area. Um, and so I was like obsessed with the streets, like around that exact same time. And so were like all my friends and like a bunch of people I knew, but I like never really met anyone else that was super into it. So I was like, was this just a weird thing in like KW ish at the time? So I do have to say that I oddly, I'm just like, coming in as well to confirm what Blake said that I do think that that I don't know if it's real but it is like an observation that I had also thought of which seemed weird when I heard him say it so I'm just putting that out there um yeah no I'm glad you confirmed that two white people have the same interests I appreciate that (laughs) okay so the rest of my white people things are all food related (laughs) um so let's hear them the first one is just straight up drinking a glass of milk. Um, white people. <laughs> just like a glass of milk. At any oh, time. Yeah. Bro, it's good. If you're like hungry ever and you're like, uh, I don't want to eat. Just like have a little glass of milk. I mean, unless you're lactose intolerant, in which case, sorry. Um, sorry to you. Uh, but yeah, a glass of milk. That's like, you're not going to get osteoporosis. I just drank milk so much growing up. Like I like the taste of it. And I feel like in my adulthood, it's only other white people who agree with me. Well, <laughs> Counterpoint to that is that my um, friend that I live with, uh, Vidal, he likes a glass of milk with cookies, but he would not drink a glass of milk without the cookies. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas I would. So yeah, yeah. no, there's not, there's nothing wrong with a glass of milk. Uh, you don't drink it straight out of the bag or anything, though, right? No, that is weird, and also like I'd probably just end up with milk all over myself. <laughs> just like a really good way to waste milk. <laughs> I think there should be a milk drinking contest uh, uh, next time at the barista competitions. Uh, all right, glass of milk. Yeah. What's next? Um, potatoes. We like love potatoes. That's just a thing. Just like, just like um, in any form. Yeah, all forms of potatoes. Like my family for Good Friday, we like religiously make potato pancakes together. We did it this time over Zoom. Um, like that's just we're really into potatoes and i feel like that is something else that other white people are like really really love potatoes i mean of course like potatoes all like all people like potatoes but i feel like white people go hard for potatoes that's what i'm saying and my final one <coughs> is um swiss chalet <laughs> i'm glad you mentioned swiss chalet uh so chalet. okay explain and, swiss chalet okay well i love swiss chalet because that's like so when I was younger, like the pretty much the only restaurant we ever went out to, like one of the like four or five restaurants I was at as a child um, was Swiss Chalet. And it's because my dad like really didn't like McDonald's or any like of that fast food stuff. But at Swiss Chalet, we could sit down together. It was maybe like 10 or $15 more expensive than like going to McDonald's. And my dad could have a beer and then we all were like got Shirley Temples. And then at the end they brought out that treasure box where you could take like a, a toy out of. Um, And so like to me as a child and into like my adolescence, that was like the height of fine dining was that 
I got a Shirley Temple, and then we got to pick a toy at the end, and I got to eat, like, delicious chicken, dip it in the sauce, and then they brought those little water dishes out to you with lemon for you to clean your finger in, which seemed, again, to me, like, mind-blowingly fancy. Um, and so, I don't know, I love Swiss Chalet, but, like, I feel like that is, like, once again, a bit of an un- unpopular opinion, but, like, mostly other white people agree with me. <laughs> Yeah, so I am a huge fan of Swiss Chalet, and until I, you know, revealed that online, I didn't know how divisive Swiss Chalet was. Like, some it people hate Swiss Chalet and think it's trash. Yo, it's so good. They ask you whether you want white or dark meat. First of all, always dark meat. Like, why would you want the dry meat? Anyways. Um, second of all, like, the sauce slaps. Third of all, the fries slap. Fourth of all, when you get that soft bun that you can also dip in the sauce, what are we doing here? And then, again, to my dad's point, if you go to the restaurant, they will bring you an ice-cold beer. And the washrooms are always clean if you go in the restaurant. I'm just saying, like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, and I've always found the service to be really good. The service at is Swiss Chalet. It's what? always very nice people who serve you. And when you order for delivery and pickup, it's always ready in like five minutes. Yeah. Um, like they've just got the chicken in the back ready. Yo. Well, cause they're doing it. They're just slapping it rotisserie style. You can see them doing it. You know, one time after, one time after my dad was in the hospital, we like went like my dad was in the hospital and we went out like my sisters, my stepmom and I to eat at a Swiss LA and we were all just like straight up crying and eating chicken. And the server was like, so fucking nice to us. <laughs> she was just like really pretending like we weren't like losing it at this fucking Swiss Chalet in Kitchener. Um, and I will never forget that extremely nice lady who was just like, I'm going to let these ladies cry over this Swiss Chalet at like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, to be fair, I think she probably thought uh, you guys love the chicken so much. <laughs> over it. Well, you know, they could have also been that. I mean, I've been known to cry about food. <laughs> But anyways, I'm glad you I'm glad you added Swiss Chalet to the list because I think Swiss Chalet deserves its due. And, I agree. Um, yeah, I just lost all my uh, Asian followers. I apologize, <laughs> um, but you know, <laughs> just uh, con- confirmed I had a huge uh, Asian listenership, and then decided to talk to white people for three weeks. <laughs> a great career move. Um, but no, Swiss Chalet definitely belongs on this list. All right. Lauren, I really appreciate you taking the time to educate me on this. And uh, I wish you the best of luck on your next uh, fantasy sports venture. Thank you so much, Alex. I'll, uh, I'll call you in Zoobs again to help me pick my next NBA team. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't call me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. All right. See you later.
chick that used to dance a lot. Every night she'd be on the floor shaking what she'd got. Man, when I tell you she was cool, she was red hot. I mean she was steaming. And that time over at Johnny's place, well, this chick got up and she slapped Johnny's face. Man, we just fell about the place. If that chick don't want to know, forget her. Let's go. 